Crown has confronted Halifon Orison Jr. And you could cut the tension with a knife. Meanwhile, the administration has called an emergency session to remove Glenn Armistice from his position as commissioner. Furthermore, the spokespersons have voted to reinstate Isago Shigure as commissioner until an official appointment can be made, pardoning him for all zenithal crime. Additionally, I added 15% to my max on deadlift and I just had my teeth whitened. You sprang for the sparkle glamour. Very nice. They get you in with the coupon for cleaning and a tongue massage and before you know it, you're paying for the hot gum wax. In actual news, Dirk Bradley and Warren Rospero were attacked on their return trip to Zenith. Well, in the way. Very way. Preliminary reports suggest that a pirate crew hijacked their ring gate. The acrimonious announcers were able to escape with their lives. Tragically, former commissioner and diseased anus Glenn Armistice died a quick death rather than being locked in an iron pod filled with honeyed milk to be feasted on by wave after wave of parasitic lava as his own filth transforms the ambrosial liquid into a putrid cesspool. You've thought about this. Every minute for the past six days. But like, he's dead though, right? Like, they didn't secretly let him go? Did they stab him in the heart with a holly branch? I've heard that that's the only way to kill some monsters. No, but in all seriousness, the studio mourns the loss of its patron and chairman. A moment of silence for the loss. Well, that was a moment. Let's dip right back into the dramatic soup of the fallow crown. After these words from our sponsors. Gaspar draws the blades of the skeptic. Gaspar, you feel a sprinkle of water and a flurry of movement at your side, and Wuxia is suddenly there next to you, holding his shard shield up and his spear in one hand. As you draw steel, Hal says a word under his breath, and his cape springs to life, billowing in an unseen wind, and he walks past you, out the door. Where the hell do you think you're going? He pauses, glances over his shoulder. She killed my hero, Usha. I'm going to kill a god. Uh, should we follow him? Usha is going to turn and stare at Gaspar with just the saddest puppy dog eyes. The suffering that was wrought upon you was by her order. This is the person you should be angry at. Uh, <laughs> Usha slides his spear into its frog on his back. And says, blame the arrow, not the archer. Blame the captain, not the archer. Blame everyone except the damn archer. That's right. Don't blame yourself. God damn. Iavos will hold his hand out towards Penny and then follow after Hal, hoping she'll take it. Halifon, the dark wood has come to your world. It's not unreasonable to think that that's tied to her. And we can't let it flourish here. We still have business with it. I'd noticed, Iavos, that the Darkwood was here. I'm its champion, remember? It's the reason we've been able to beat the other forces back. I don't understand it, but we needed it. Isn't this a celestial plane, Halophon? It is. It's a heaven of a sorts. And how can the Darkwood be here? How sort of holds his arms out and sort of a look around you gesture. Well, no shit, but it's supplanted the shadow fell. It's the all the worlds it's consumed are fey worlds. Yeah, the shadow fell's a bit stupid, isn't it? I mean, doy. The question is, how did it get to a world that is not a fey origin? How is it spreading into a place like this? If if she made you its champion, she's clearly working with it. And now that you know the truth of it, how can you not view it as your foe? Well, you know what they say, Alvos. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. I didn't have the power to stop the end of all things without it. I never intended to help the Darkwood spread. But as much as I serve it, it serves me too. Well, it seems like your intent might do that now. I don't know how it got here. It was already here when I met Mum. If she's where I think she'll be, there'll probably be answers in the church. 
then squeezing Penny's hand and looking her in the eyes and saying, How do you feel about casting down a few more dark trees? Gladly. The darkwood is a corruptive force. It needs to be eradicated. And I think it's only right that you help to bring it down. That's a choice you can make. Wusha, being the last person in the tent before catching up with Gaspar, raises his shield and beats the ever-loving hell out of Hal's desk. (laughs) (laughs) Just shatters it. The dark wood that it is carved out of seems unyielding, but after a bit of good hard work, you manage to put some cracks and splinters and start breaking it down. Good enough. (laughs) I'll catch up with Gaspar. So, so let me get this straight. Here's what we're doing. We're taking orders from a traitor to go kill his mom. Am I, am I wrong here somewhere? I just really want to stab a god already. But you bring up a good point. If we think about it, Hal was a double agent who we've now flipped. Have we? <laughs> Why? Because he said, oh, it was nice to see you guys. Because he said, come into my boring home. <laughs> we were in a place with paper mache decorations leaking glue before this. That was more exciting than where we just found ourselves. And suddenly we trust this man. You're wrong, Wusha. And you're loud. (laughs) I know! Even in death, some things don't change, Havos. We're not doing this out of trust or debt. We have business here, too. We can't let the darkwood spread. And his mom's a real bitch. (laughs) I'm on board for them last two. But only them. The cheer urgen approaches. General... Orders, please. The men are restless. The redoubt is inches from breach. Good. What should we do? Hal reaches up, unclips his general pin, tosses it to the Chirigen. Your job. And I toss him the pin. General. Aye, sir. Radiant columns pierce the overcast skies, raining golden light through the already gilded leaves of the darkwood heart tree erupting from an ancient cathedral of Purcelli Bluestone. Root and branch reach out as though to envelop the world. Buttresses meet in pointed arches where the roof has long since collapsed. Iron-laden slate cobbles form an uneasy grid across the floor, split down the middle by the center aisle, the same jade green as the walls. The path reaches up through the cathedral to a flat monolithic altar nestled into the roots of the darkwood, stained in the blood of ages long past. There, clad in shining plate, is Hamaliel, archangel of Aethaltoa, general to a long-dead army, ruler of the ashes. Her hair is platinum-blonde, undercut, not unlike Halifon, as you once knew him. Her skin is sun-kissed and immaculate, rippling with thick cords of muscle. She is the warrior queen incarnate, save for her eyes, black as pitch, devoid of joy, lost to the abyss at the heart of the very tree she guards. She holds aloft a halberd that bears none of her grandeur. It is a simple thing, well-worn but well-loved. The haft-leather bindings and fasteners have been replaced dozens of times, yet the memory of this utilitarian object shines through the years. This was your father's weapon. Sometimes I wonder, would he have attempted to strike me down if he knew what fate awaited him? I don't think so. Your father was a man who loved as fiercely as he fought. He would have done anything for me, except the one thing he was supposed to do. Well, I guess the apple didn't fall far from the tree, Mum. I'm here to disappoint you, too. Have you come to kill me, Halafon Jr.? Spill your mother's blood upon the altar of eons? No, Mum. I've come to erase you. At first I was duped, you see. I eventually realized that the dark would preyed upon the fears to get what it wanted. But now, now I understand. Now I've tasted the power 
of the creeping black. Nothing can stand in its way. You only delay the inevitable. All around you, the shadows crawl with unlife. Tortured souls cling to the roots of the darkwood, lest the tattered remains of their souls slip away into the void behind the reel. Many of the anguished faces are familiar to you, but one above all. The agonized rictus on the face of your oldest friend could almost be mistaken for a grin, if it weren't for his quiet, screaming eyes, locked in the wide, unending stare of the dead. I am eternal. You are not. I gave you what meager power you claim, and I can take it away just as easily. Your father was loyal and loving like a dog, and I put him down like one. He failed me, and now you fulfill the fate of your Mongol bloodline by doing the same. She levels the halberd at you, and readies to charge. Roll for initiative. Amariel readies for battle as the fallow crown seek vengeance on behalf of Halifar Norison Sr. What a nasty piece of work. I thought maybe she would play contrite and try to explain herself, but she went right for the jugular. I suppose the Archangel of War doesn't concern herself with courtesy or remorse. Look, I know she's not technically a god per se, but I can see her abs through her full plate. Do you really think a fistful of champions can handle this hot mama? They'd sure as hell better be. Because there's no heaven for them to go to if they fail. So, should we talk about the news while we wait for the feed to buffer? I suppose so. Gonna be real with you, Paige. I feel bad neglecting the other teams. To be honest, you needn't be. Until administration has sorted their issues, the battle axis is closed for business. All off-world quests have been resolved and many of the Axis teams aren't taking new ones until the Axis opens. What about other news? The shows and whatnot. Do you want to talk about the latest premiere of Player vs. Environment? I'm more of a survival check kind of guy. Really? I never would have guessed. Their owls seem so cool. Exactly. He's all flesh and no substance. Poppycock. I once saw him devour an entire cougar raw on scry. That poor woman. Not that kind of cougar. Yeah, sure. There's nothing cooler than horrible intestinal parasites. Why wouldn't you just cook the damn thing? Because it's cool. Safety first, Paige. You'd know that if you'd ever been to the Iron Church. I'm all about being tough and looking good while doing it, but there's nothing sexier and more loin-tighteningly rad than safety. If you say so, Sarge. I do. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Bear Owls is an adventurer, an awesome NPC in a petticoat. Retired member of the legendary Terminal Phalanx, turned league scout. Bear Owls doesn't know the meaning of the word death save. Just look at him. He's a throbbing hog in the mud wallow. Look at these backflips. Damn, that's just, like, wow, no way. I'm hanging over a 2,000-foot ice chasm. Below me is a swarm of Stygian sturge. Above me, a pack of yetis in mating season. What would you do? Bear doesn't roll survival checks. Nature makes us safe against him. And that's why we love him. (sighs) I've been in this desert for three weeks, and I'm running out of water. You know what needs to be done. It takes a real man to face off against the wild. And bear owls can quaff my piss any day of the week. Player versus environment. Tuesday at 7. Only on Quest. LUQ cuties, and happy Father's Day to any LUQ parents or guardians out there who fill that paternal role. The Discord is popping off. I mean, it has been for a while, but the influx of new fans has been so regular and so wonderful, it's intoxicating. Getting to say hello to all these new names and talk to them about the show is a treat that I doubt will get old. So if you've been on the fence, pop on over and say hello. This show is made possible thanks to the support of our Patreon members. They know how many great rewards we're waiting for them, and now it's your turn. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise. With Christopher Mashburn, Dylan Hoyt, a.k.a. Meat Dad, John Reinhardt, and Lizarus. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. And if there's anything you've been dying to send the cast, the shipping address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, 97214. No homemade food. Pretty to the please. Be sure to follow our YouTube channel to see all the live streams Monday night with new episodes hosted by Dana and me and Zach's ongoing Pokemon Nuzlocks midweek. And just a heads up, most of the cast will be out of town later this week for our annual cast camping trip. So we'll try to take some photos and share them on the Discord. Just one more reason to join. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the battle axis. Shroud Esther always passes his survival check. With no food, no water, and no scry crew, this is the role of survival. Well, there's about a 12-foot wide ravine blocking my path. It'll take me about a day to get around it. Or I could try to jump. As some big-time adventurers, they'll tell you that a running long jump could get you a number of feet equal to your strength score. (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right, that's true. But they've probably forgotten the last time they rolled a natty one and wound up sucking rocks at the bottom of a hole. As they got magic items and gear and a full team to cover their butts. There's no clerics on the go kiosk around the bend. I'm out here by myself with nothing but the same stuff you'd have if you were on a picnic and got lost taking a walk. That and 60 pounds of Scrytech to show y'all how to survive this situation. I'm going around. My life ain't worth one shot of a cool backflip. It's not flashy. But staying alive rarely is. So these wastelands are practically devoid of water. And the only pond I've found has an animal corpse in it. I could whip out my dick and start chugging my own micturation. But anybody who knows anything about survival knows that if you've got enough water supply to make your urine potable, you are in a position to need to drink it. So I'm going to show you how to light a fire using only the parts that I harvested from that wagon that broke down on my way out to the settlement site... Then I'm going to show you how to distill water when you don't have a pot to boil it in. 
Survival Check with Shroud Esther. Taking survival seriously. Only on Quest. The battle with Archangel Hamaliel begins. But what did you do before you got here, knowing that battle was imminent? You each can have one thing, be that a spell or some other kind of preparatory action, to ready you for the battle. Needing to make sure that he covers offense and defense, Wuxia is going to pluck off a strand of his kelp beard and wrap it around the head of his spear and cast Ensnaring Strike. Hell yeah. Iavos casts False Life at level 3 on himself on the way towards this battle, the whole time holding Penny's hand. Excellent. Nellie is going to refresh her mage armor. Gaspar would have attempted to hide. That's all I got, buddy. That's all I got. <laughs> That's fair enough. Have you ever seen a biblically accurate angel? They're made of eyes, Angelo. <laughs> She's all eyes. <laughs> I said attempted. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check. I like you started to say persuasion, like you were trying to get him to convince you that he could hide. I was going to say perception, because that's what she's going to be doing. 22. That is two more than her passive perception. You will enter the game hidden. However, you must enter from the other side, and you have to enter on one of the edges. The smart thing for me to do would have been activate my Asamar abilities, which eats one of my actions. But that's a little dramatic for coming in talking. So instead, Hal's just cast protection from good on himself against Celestials. That's very good. That's a very good move. The initiative order begins with Gaspar, stealthed. Perched on a buttress, Gaspar, hidden, will aim a weapon of rationality onto Hamaliel. Excellent. Are you just aiming or are you firing? Well, I'm firing. Okay. (laughs) Setting up with the aim and then finish with the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That is a 20 total to hit. Beautiful. That does hit. That's a bit of a relief. I wasn't sure. 14. That is going to be 38 points of damage. Excellent. I like that. That there's a motherfucker. (laughs) Unfortunately, she has resistance to all slashing, bludgeoning, and piercing damage. Period. Therefore, she takes 19. As the bolt strikes her armor, despite its impact and despite how shocking you might have imagined you were, she immediately arcs back with a spew of dark wood sap. She uses her rebuke legendary action, dealing you 3d10 necrotic damage. No save? Nope. Brutal. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) It's in 3D. She only gets three of them, so, you know. That is 12 damage coming at you. 12. Save your petty parlor tricks. Additionally, because you both shot her and she was able to hit you with a rebuke, she knows exactly where you are. Anything else? That's the end of my turn. Excellent. Let's bring that over to Yavos. It me? All right. Yavos is going to whisper... To Penelope, stay very close to me, dear. And then kneeling down, he places what looks like a, a pantomime of dropping a morsel on the floor and whispers out to the realm of the Withering Acre and says, I need your help one more time, old friend. Here, boy. Good boy. And he summons a faithful hound. Now, I'm going to place the miniature, but this thing is completely invisible to everyone, including ethereal plane creatures. Fair enough. How long have we had a dog? <laughs> and I conjure Fairweather to my side. Excellent. Right in front of me and my daughter. Anything else? The temptation to shake up the formation, having Pug's memory rattling around in my brain. I was going to try to push Nelly kind of off the beaten path, mm-hmm. so we're just a little bit askew. Would you allow me to give you a gentle five-foot nudge? To where? Just so we're both more like here. Just so we're kind of zigzagged like oh, the yeah. old pug of war. As long as I'm within five feet of you. Yeah, we're both right next to Daug. Yeah. And uh, I would do more, but that's an action and a spell, so that's all I got, unfortunately. Sounds good to me. That brings us to Nelly. All right. I would like to start off by casting Psychic Lance and having this lady make an intelligence saving throw. 
I am going to spend three sorcery points to heighten it, Mm -hmm. which gives her disadvantage. She gets advantage because of magical resistance. So it cancels out. And that is a 10 plus 2. My spell save DC is 17. She doesn't make it. Go ahead and do your damage. She takes 31 psychic damage and is incapacitated until my next turn. Okay. Gross. In that case, I'm going to go ahead and use one of her legendary resistances. I thought you'd want to. Gross. As it strikes, you feel like it strikes true. And then she dissipates it with a strike of the halberd. Okay, then she takes half and is not incapacitated. Okay. So she takes 15. Beautiful, beautiful. And then with my bonus action, I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to Iavos. While Penny is strumming her lyre and casting the spell, music gradually begins filling the space. Given that everyone is back together, she reaches into some unfinished verses of Penny Farthings. Gold dragon, gold dragon, gold dragon, gold dragon. Iavos Isadora is a man with five names whose claim to fame is his magic game because he wields divine and arcane the same. They're both the same and he's loath to maim, but if you threaten his friends, you'll set your mind aflame. Ooh. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> Hot bars. Row, row, fight the power. <laughs> I'm glad you're old enough for bars now. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, yeah. You're inspired, to say the least. Very. (laughs) (laughs) And that makes it Hal's turn. All right. By beginning your turn within 30 feet of her, I would like you to go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw. Okay, dope. Is this against a charm or frighten effect? No. Okay. Because I'm immune to those right now. That's fair. Oh, boy. (laughs) I've rolled a one. Beautiful. And you said it was a wisdom save? It was. This makes it a total of... Six. <laughs> does that succeed? It does not succeed. The DC of 18 yeah. uh, definitely puts you out of that particular range. Suddenly, the sound of the music fades. The sound of the tree fades. The only thing you hear is your mother's breath and the deafening silence. You cannot speak and you cannot hear. Okay. You hear her telepathic words. Did you think to warn them of what I can do? They are hopeless. Hearing mom's taunt, Hal smiles as a single thought crosses his mind. I didn't even invite them. (laughs) I rage and I charge. Beautiful. They're not even supposed to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) Can you move me onto her right flank? Yeah. I have a 40 foot movement speed now as a fifth level barbarian. Beautiful. And I would like to make two attacks. Excellent. Roll them. Both of them will be reckless to give me advantage on these rolls. With my bone halberd, which I still have. Mm. 19 is the better of the first roll. That hits. Okay. Second attack. Good lord. All right. These dice are getting swapped out for better ones. 15 is the better of the second. That does not hit. I'm not stunned by this. All right. So (laughs) one hit. Uh, I roll a three for a total of nine, reduced to four. Fair enough. As you strike at her, you largely collide with plate, and she seems unconcerned with blocking you. As Hal attacks, you can see around him two figures emerge, one to his left and one to his right. One is an Asimar you don't recognize. None of you have ever seen Hahona before. But another one takes a quick glance over at Penny his onyx locks spilling over his shoulder, the slightest hint of recognition crossing his face as the specter of Ophidian Ashpool joins Hal in battle. Cool. Gross, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That ends my turn. Cool. At the end of your turn, I will trigger a legendary action. She raises her hand, and the roots out towards the entrance of the cathedral begin to pour with black sap and marsh water. As it rises, hands and faces extend from it. Darkwood revenants grab all parties at the entrance, as though affected by an entangle. Ah, fuck. (laughs) In addition, beginning your turn in this space will deal 2d6 damage. Please roll me a strength saving throw. Eat a fart. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm very excited. I got a 14. Okay, that does not pass. I got a 19. That does pass. Hell yeah. I got a 14. That does not pass. The two casters are locked in place, but the ranger, needless to say, moves free of the difficult terrain that the hands make. The two of you are restrained until the end of the spell and can make a strength check against it uh, on your turn by spending an action. Strength check of 18. Not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. That is another of her three legendary actions. That brings us to Wusha. Wusha is still holding on to some of that anger and some of that bitterness. But as he breathes out, he's going to allow not only his blinding fury to wash away from him, but also all of the color in his body as his patterns deteriorate and move, and he's going to use his hidden step ability on himself and become invisible as a bonus action. Beautiful. Resisting the urge to grumble petulantly, he moves forward and hefts his spear with a shield in one hand, and he's going to take a toss out toward her. Now, she is just out of my regular range for a spear, so I would have disadvantage, but I am invisible if that matters it does not i didn't think so all right uh, here's my shot with disadvantage my first it does a 10 hitter ac it doesn't ah grabbing my spectral chains and yanking my spear back my second i'm not invisible anymore and it doesn't matter that's better does a 20 hitter ac it does hell yeah and she has taken damage so colossus slayer activates and she's a big girl. Just to clarify, she's about nine feet tall. Excellent. Which will matter when Incinerary Strike goes off, which is now. So let me throw damage first. Five piercing damage, which is reduced from 11. Excellent. Thank you. And she will have to make me <coughs> a strength saving throw against my Incinerary Strike as the Kelp bursts out from my spear. She has advantage because she's magically resistant. She also has advantage because she's larger, larger. Ah. Good thing she has advantage, because one of those is a one. The uh, other one is a six plus 12. Oh, Dukes. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to make it. The giant war goddess, actually, surprisingly, pretty good strength. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> All right, that's Wusha's turn. As the kelp wraps around her, it simply rots and decays and falls to nothing on the ground. Catching my spear, Wusha is going to bear down on his teeth and lean into this next attack like a leaping orca, like a fucking sea creature ready to drag a boat down and rawr, launch out with his additional attack, spending two glory points. Beautiful. To try to stab her. Somewhere out there, there's a tavern with LUQ watchers doing the wave. <laughs> <laughs> they should have waved harder. That's a 14. That does not hit. I didn't think so. Every time you throw your spear, she seems to just knock them away. And the one that does hit barely stabs through the chainmail beneath her plate. Great. She locks eyes with you despite your invisibility. The eyes of the gods see all. We didn't ask. <laughs> she has 120 fit true sight. Oh, so you can see this. I have my middle finger out in my pocket. <laughs> she scowls at you. <laughs> she never has liked my friends. <laughs> At the beginning of her turn, or rather, at the end of your turn, she is going to use her Rally Legendary Action, which recovers 2d8 HP and gives her advantage on her next melee attack. That is seven. I did warn y'all, this is going to be a fucking barnstormer. Her first Legendary Action was to puke. Now it's to Rally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> rally. God. She is Hal's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here because we love you. <laughs> You're lucky she doesn't have access to her other legendary action yet. Are we? Are, you, are, we <laughs> are you implying that this is a two-stage boss fight, Zachary I have no Marcus? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of that yet. <laughs> her halberd, already in ready position, strikes out like a viper at Halifon Orison. Halifon Orison's halberd strikes at Halifon Orison Jr. Does a... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> does a 23 hit? It does. Okay, yeah. cool. Just making sure. Normally, she would only get advantage to that first attack, but because you recklessly attacked, she will get advantage to all three. Yeah. That is natural 20. That is not good. I was uh -oh. going to say, but it is double crit chance. Yeah. Uh-oh. And another hit. Okay. Okay. I'm raging. That is very helpful. That is very helpful. Some of this damage won't be as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let me just do some. Uh, you know what? I'm just, for, for big rolls like this, I'm just going to go ahead and take the average. Okay. Smart. Good idea. So she does 23 damage with the first hit. Okay. Followed by 
46 with the second, mm-hmm. and another 23. For a total of 45 points of damage. She, however, also, with each attack, deals 1d4 soul wound damage. Oh! One, three, two. That's six soul wound. Gross. I don't know what that is. Exactly. Okay. As she strikes you, the profane energy of the dark wood spills into your blood. You can feel yourself growing farther and farther from life, and more importantly, farther and farther from the two spirits that you've just summoned. Your soul is beginning to crack. Okay. For those of you who forget, soul wound damage lowers your maximum HP by that amount effectively. In reality, what's happening is that wound can only be healed by taking a full rest, and more importantly, it can only be reduced by a hit die roll. So you have to spend those hit dice, and you don't get those hit dice for that day. That was her action. That was half my health. Gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gross. On her first turn. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Unfortunately, her only bonus action is something that requires legendary, and she doesn't have that until next round. So instead of doing anything else, she is going to launch into the air, and her ability, a modified flyby, prevents attack from opportunity when flying. She rises to the rafters and flies directly to Gaspar. I did see that. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us back to the top of the initiative with Gaspar. Good, because it distracted you from this. Skeptic's Dagger. Yeah! (laughs) Oh, damn. Beautiful. There's no sneak in this. Not even a little. My God. All right. Just to clarify, she's flapping with wings. Technically, at this point, because she doesn't have hover, she's kind of like clinging to the rafter next to you. Gaspar, being somewhat isolated up on this buttress, will do the unexpected. I'm going to tackle her and try to grapple. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Uh, You you did hear high strength, yes? I heard high strength, nine foot tall mommy, yes. Okay, cool, cool. (laughs) I can't blame you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I I have lost blessing on this. (laughs) For uh, clarification, she is a large creature, not a huge creature. That's mostly to reflect the size of her wings. Cool. But I am just trying to get her down to the ground. Agreed. Yes. Roll it. I believe in you. That is a 27. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So basically you leap onto her and try to like kind of pull her down from the rafters. And I'd say with that roll, you are successful. She is now grounded. And so are you. Amazing. Do we both fall 20 feet? You do. How? (laughs) Yeah. How painful is that for me? (laughs) Uh, If I remember correctly, it's past 10 feet is 1d6 per foot? Per, Per, Per 10. Per 10 feet. Okay. You are both going to take 2d6 damage to reflect the 20 feet fall. That is nine. Noted, noted. Nothing resists fall damage. Mm-hmm. Not even Rakshasas. <laughs> I'd also like you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. How dare you? You are beginning your turn in her aura of silence. I forgot to have you roll that before. That's my fault. There's a lot to remember on this motherfucker. <laughs> That's uh, 14 to minus one. That does not do it. This entire time, as you've engaged, you've everything is becoming increasingly quieter. And now, only silence. Your favorite terrain. <laughs> All right, then I'm quietly grappling Hal's mom. <laughs> That's the end of my turn. <laughs> In front of him, dude. Look, I got a weakness for nine foot mommies. I can't. It's just, it makes sense. <laughs> Especially if they're strong. It's what my character would do. All right. <laughs> What I would do. All right. Go ahead and take your turn, Yavos. Okay. Already holding my dear daughter's hand, I cast my newest fourth level spell, Dimensional Shift, and we both reappear anywhere within 200 feet of my choosing. We'll go over here kind of uh, out of the area of her silence aura Mm -hmm. and safely away from the entangling hands. Excellent. Before that happens, you do take the 2d6 necrotic damage. Fair enough. That is going to be four damage. Well, my false life takes it anyway. Which is fine. My dog cannot move. Once I summon it, he is stuck where he's stuck. Nothing can hurt him. And he's barking like crazy. (laughs) And if anyone goes near him, he's going to fuck him up. But I'm going to use three points of glory to, while we appear, release my father's greatsword and say, getting real sick of having to fight moms. (laughs) And it will fly towards her and it has the range to reach her. 
and I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon at sixth level. Gross. Ooh. That's disgusting. Who doggies? And it deals force damage. I love it. So it's going to strike her. Sounds this good This is my bonus action. Uh, 29. That does hit. That's, no, I think it's a little high, but it's 27. I think. Uh, 26 points of force damage. Excellent. That is not reduced. Your spiritual weapon, the embodiment of the father, seems to strike her ever harder. She seems to react harsher to it. And as it strikes, you notice that the halberd she wields seems to almost vibrate intensely. Mm. Look closely, my daughter. We are witnessing a father's love versus a mother's hate. That makes it Nelly's turn. Gold dragon, gold dragon, gold dragon, gold dragon. Gaspar the rogue never fails to provoke. He steps like velvet and he twists like smoke. He'll crack a joke beneath his cloak when he lands a stroke that makes you croak. He's a blade in the dark who will make you go broke. Woo! Gaspar, go ahead and take a bardic inspiration. Damn. <laughs> the inspiration does not fall on deaf ears. For in a way, it is a goddess who sings them. As the music builds, gossamer strands of iridescent light seem to cling to this terrible mommy. <laughs> and I want her to make a dexterity saving throw versus a heightened fairy fire. Okay. That gives her disadvantage. Which will cancel out her natural advantage from magic immunity. And I do want everybody to know I have a very good relationship with my mom. Is, I, I get it. I get it. You're looking. You're looking at the game, and you're thinking, Zach, you good? Great relationship with my mom. I love your mom. Also, for the record, my mom in real life is also nothing like this. She's <laughs> direct inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> However, my mom is the literal ocean. So that's what? fair. I was gonna say my my mom's fucking great. She's like Calliope. Yeah. That is a three <gasps> plus three. <laughs> Hooray! Bitch, you fairy fired. The energy that seems to be collecting around the halberd has now joined with your iridescent fairy fire, and she is a light. And Gaspar, did you succeed in your saving throw? That's 25. Beautiful. And is that your turn? That is my turn. Beautiful. Halifon, it's all down to you. All right. Not uh, really. It's, there's a lot left. Yeah, there's, it's going to be a while. Do I take any new effects from still being in her aura, or am I still just deaf mute? Because you are still within 30 feet of her at the beginning of your turn, you do... You are no longer deafened, technically, but please roll me another saving throw to see if it happens again. Okay. Well, I literally can't roll worse than last time, so. <laughs> I could roll as bad, and oh, I didn't. I thought I did for a second. It's a seven, not a one, but that's only 12. That's not going to do it. No. For a moment, you can hear a muffled return of sound only for it to disappear again. All right. I'd like to move to the queen's southmost edge of the map <laughs> closest to Zach and as my action Hal draws his hand across his halberd and his celestial soul flares to life as radiant wings erupt from his back his eyes darken his tattoos glow and I gain the benefits of all the Asimar subrace abilities excellent no one is currently within 10 feet of me to become frightened however I now have a fly speed as a bonus action Hal is going to slam his halberd into the ground to make a loud noise and draw a burning line in front of him across the altar as a champion's challenge to his mother. Okay, explain to me how that works. It is my channel divinity action as a paladin, which I don't think I've ever used before. I believe she has to make a save. Yeah, she needs to make a wisdom save, please. She succeeds by a wide margin. Okay, all right. Then nothing happens. In a language without words, you carve a challenge on the altar, and she does not respond. This is her domain, and she goes where she pleases. Okay. Well, that was my setup turn concluded. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Wuxia. Uh, I believe Wuxia is within 30 feet of her. Does it, do I have to save against the aura? You do. Fantastic. And you said wisdom? It is. Oh, oh, poops. I rolled a one. Oh, to poops. Stop. <laughs> I score a three. You're standing there like snapping in your own ear. <laughs> Wish I understand that he doesn't need to hear things to kill them. The That's sea is a loud place. <laughs> <The sea. laughs> you ever heard a giant squid? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wusha is going to turn toward Battle Mama 
and drop his spear, letting the ghostly chains behind it drag it behind him. As he walks forward, he's going to reach to his back and grab a very inaccurately named weapon, a haft of wood with a big cup on one end, and the other end, a sizzling, glowing pickaxe as he takes his kickaxe into his hand, which is not how he's used to using it. (laughs) Perfect. Wusha is going to run up on her and drop his kickaxe on her a pair of times. Excellent. That is a 26 versus her AC. That hits. Excellent. Okay. So this is going to do 2d8 piercing damage and 1d8 fire damage. Okay. Seven piercing damage, which is cut in half from 15. And three fire damage with the first. So 10 total. Excellent. And the second. That is a 21 versus her AC. That also hits. Fantastic. Another seven piercing damage divided from 14 and four fire damage. Total? 11. Thank you. Anything else? No. As you strike her with the kickaxe, parts of her armor begin to sunder under the impacts. Though doing no fundamental damage, the look of shock on her face is palpable. Wusha mouths some words, but nobody knows what they are. (laughs) That's normal. (laughs) Standard. And that brings it to Hamaliel, who has not used any of her legendary actions. I had noticed that. I was a little worried. <laughs> Shit, dick. <laughs> Shit, dick. Because I didn't attack her on my turn, she no longer has disadvantage from my guardians. Radical. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate. Very good. Yeah. So have fun, Zachary Marcus. She just can like walk this way. Just <laughs> <laughs> she consider moving towards the dog. She uses her whole turn to pet the dog. You know, in Celestial, she just says, "Let's fuck this dog." And then, <laughs> oh, good thing no one can see it. She just starts crawling desperately. Must pet the dog. <laughs> so, as Hamaliel's turn arrives, she tries to break the grapple with you. Go ahead and roll me a contested strength. Twenty-two. She attempts to break the grapple with you, but you're just too goddamn slippery. You both tie at the 22, and so nothing happens as far as that goes. But that is not her only action. She's going to make an attempt to shove you using one of her three multi-attacks. The first one is a 22. I've also rolled a 22. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Second attempt. That's better. That's a 29. That's a 25. Excellent. So for her second of three attacks, she shoves you off of her. How far can she shove? Ten feet, unless you want to give her really strong arms. I would say an extra five feet for every five strength you have above ten. So I'm going to give her a solid 20. Wahoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Actually, she's not going to be throwing you that way. Oh, no. She throws you at the wall. And I'm going to treat this as if she was simply punching you, doing a D4. And because she's large, she's going to do two D4. That is a three and a two for five damage, plus her strength, which is five. You shoved. As you collide with the wall, the impact is overwhelming. The ancient stone is unyielding, but your body definitely is. So not only does she knock me into the wall, she knocks my soul so hard it's shoved out of the body. Jesus. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. My body currently no longer can maintain itself. Where the deep cuts that were filled in with my like soul strings uh, have ruptured and my life essence is now uncaged. Crushing. Yikes. Hal makes a noise of shock and horror at witnessing this, but being mute, it doesn't actually create any sound. Uh, give me a quick perception check. Twelve. You scan the roots looking for any body that might sue you. At twelve, you do not find one. The dog? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I can't see the dog. <laughs> oh, no. It's oh. invisible. <laughs> Even to ethereal creatures, it's, it's oh, so no. <laughs> <laughs> You basically have an imaginary dog. Yeah, no one believes it's there until it rips their arm off. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Her third attack would have been at you, but she suspects you're dead now because she's always been capable of seeing one's soul. Hmm. Instead, she uses... Half of her move to stand up and strike at Wusha. Uh-oh. Not a great roll, but still enough, I think, at 20. 
20 is my AC. Okay. Yeah. That is 17 damage. Ow. And then on top of that, you'll be taking 1d4 soul damage, which is two. Ow. But now that she is stood and free, she is going to use all three of her legendary actions to give her extra attacks. She oh, is going what a to jerk. use <laughs> she is going to use soul scourge twice. Mean. Which you have not experienced yet. Nor want to. This is a ranged spell attack. If that's relevant to you, please let me know if it is. She is going to target one towards each of you, Iavos and Nelly. My daughter. The first to Iavos is a 16 plus 10. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> and to Nelly is a 15 plus 10. Yeah. Let me cast shield and get it up to fucking 16. <laughs> like Someday a creature with multi-attack will attack me multiple times. Because I am built to handle that. My AC increases when they attack me. <laughs> that is going to be 13 damage to Iavos and 22 damage to Nelly. Oh, barf. You will also take, instead of the normal 1d4 soul wound damage, you will both be taking 1d8. That is a 2 to Iavos and a 4 to Nelly. That was 2. And her last will be at Halifon. Yeah, that's fair. That is also a 15 plus 10. The girl hits. God damn. 15 plus 1 would have, so... And you will also take 4d10, which is... Holy shit! <laughs> that was a 5, 5, 10, 10. Oh, so that's no. 30 damage. Okay, okay. And then 3 soul wound. Okay. She's really good at killing her son. <laughs> oh, yeah, it looks like the only person She's she had seems practice. capable. <laughs> she has a lot of practice. <laughs> that brings us to the end of her turn, and therefore, the end of the round. Oh, Jesus. However... <laughs> As she strikes Halifon, the radiant, vibrating energy of the halberd grows too much for her and seems to violently pull itself free of her grasp and clatters to the floor in a stony rattle. And there it waits, as if beckoning to its son. Abusive aberrations, fraudulent foragers, indecipherable inheritance. This is Major Image with Aspen Vancaster. Following the untimely death of Glenn Armistice, Verada lawyers are hard at work trying to determine succession and survivorship rights. The only problem is every document is magically encrypted and all of his assets are tied up in shell companies. I'm guessing my personal friend and co-worker Dirk Bradley might be waiting a while for his inheritance. The aberrant spoke of Knox has been in a tumult, sweeping legislative changes, hostile infrastructure, and a massive influx of undocumented aliens in both senses of the word. Aberration populations are at an all-time high despite the immigration ban put into place by Glenn Armistice. But nothing is higher than the tension in the Knox's palace. Following an unexpected visit from the notorious Fallow Crown, Gorsonox has gone from a bumbling beholder to an eldritch horror. Reports of shouting matches, thrown objects, and separate bedrooms have plagued the once happy marriage of the aberrant spokesman and his lovely bride. Normally, I'd tell them to work it out, but when your husband's a slathering nether beast, communication and honesty might not always be the best policy. Bear Owls can't seem to survive his recent press barrage after one fan of the show, Player vs. Environment, horribly injured himself emulating the intrepid adventurer. Since then, nine other would-be survivors have reported being paid off by the Owls' estate to keep their stories quiet. The primary prosecutor in this class action suit was quoted saying, There was a moment I realized, oh shit, I'm not a legendary ranger, I'm just an idiot. He went on to explain that he only survived his ordeal by following Shroud Hester's advice from an episode of Survival Check that he left on after watching Player vs. Environment, because he, quote, couldn't be bothered to change the channel. Despite his assertions of legendary status, Bear Owls left the legendary Team Terminal Phalanx at champion rank due to personal reasons, and never achieved legendary status. Local reports say Bear has a full camera crew with him at all times, that most of his shots are staged, and almost all of them are within three miles of a Best Western and Dern Goodgrub's full plate diner. Guess Bear Owls should concern himself with player versus lawyer. This has been Major Image with Aspen Vancaster. Boy, I I was almost uh, if we had enough turns like 
thinking like this helper is trying to get out of her hand. Like it don't like her very much. I was going to be like, what if I catapulted it? How it's the help unheard. It's the Halla Fawn bird. No, no, that's nothing. She's a fucking tall drink of ass juice. I got tired of people like uh, commenting like these gods are pretty easy to kill. Like because the fucking the first one in OK 48 or OK 43. We didn't kill it, though. I was like, yeah, you just kind of banished it away. We just helped a ritual that made it go away for a while. I was like, (laughs) fine, you want a god fight? Maybe I'll give you a god fight. And she's not even a god. Please don't egg on our GM. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks cuties I, I have 20 health left by the way oh mm. god. God, <laughs> that, that, case is, anyone that is just such a you pro yeah <laughs> lay some hands buddy yeah I, I probably will it's just my whole action to do if i if i hadn't thought at the time the hound would be really useful i was gonna open with a bless and be like and i cast bless on four of us Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently our team now has immunity to sympathy. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to be like, and then the fifth kicks in, but I wanted to show that we like, I'm on the fence about helping Hal in this. Uh, Let's hear some fucking favy momos. Are we done? That's the end of the end. That's the play. I missed that. All right. Good. Okay. Yeah. We've been down in the trenches struggling. Yeah. Our first half was marching here. Let's start with Gaspar. Ooh. uh, I mean, let's go give it to the spoken word. Inspirations, yeah. some, yeah. some hot fire, some, yep. some good rap inspo is uh-huh, uh-huh. inspiring. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. That's that's a motivator right there. I have an entire gold dragon theme song. It reminds me every time you start of the old Dragon Ball Z. Theme. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> same. Oh, same. I didn't think about that. Dragon, 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 dragon. dragon you didn't Ball inspire Z. your grapple or. There were some there were some strong contenders mm-hmm. this time around, but I really I really appreciate Hal's I don't give a fuck I have a job to do energy just yeah. around everything going on here. I'm with a bunch of people who like either clearly don't like me or are are fucking are on the fence about me, but I still need to rely on them to get this shit fucking done in one way or another. I got to make the best of a the rough situation. And that's been a lot of fun to see. It's been a good fucking time. It would be really nice to have two actions a turn, I, I've got to say. That's like, fair. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How would be much more effective if I wasn't... <laughs> Wouldn't we all? Hamstringed by single action turns. <laughs> um, almost like the, the game's designed that way. What was my favorite moment this episode? Just laugh. Um, I don't know. How do you do it, Obi? It's been... I think I think I like finally getting to confront Hal's mom. Actually, this it's gonna feel real nice either to be murdered like she's wanted to do my whole life, or potentially emerge victorious. Either way, closure. Or, or she kills me, and then you guys kill her, and you know Hal never knows that that happened. Right, closure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. tragic. Okay, <laughs> Dana. If only there were a system that gave you three actions per turn. I might. I might. Favorite line is definitely like, I didn't even invite them. <laughs> that was, so that was like good. such a juicy line. Perfect response. Uh, yeah, the, the, it, it always feels weird to not have Bless. But uh, it's, it's been a fun fight. I like, I actually like how tough it is. I'm very scared. And I got hurt. I wanted to carve out enough time. I really did. I was like, I feel like we just keep our combats a little too tight. I want to I wanna lengthen this one out a bit. I got the shot. <laughs> Your body. <laughs> I think my favy Momo is a is a two parter, beginning with Gaspar flipping her off. Oh, that was so good! <laughs> and and then just getting a big handful of nine foot mommy in that grapple. Yeah, because like while grappling something that big seems scary, I also feel like grappling something with wings would be not that hard to take them out of the air. Like even if it's not that big, they're grabbing your wings. That's got to be rough. But either way, you 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 got in the mommy zone. I was actually going to say uh, my favorite moment is also my most hated moment. I do not like fifth edition. I just don't. (laughs) Let me rephrase. I don't like D&D, but specifically, I don't like fifth edition's rules on grapple. And and, uh, literally, y'all didn't hear this, but there was like a solid 10 minutes of this recording that was just me being like, okay, I'll do this. And they're like, that's not how grapple works. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So finally, I was able to find some solutions. But ultimately, what I'm trying to say is that was a fucking clutch clutch play and the fact that you have expertise in athletics pisses me off to no fucking well, end it's also the skill for like climbing not mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, acrobatics mm-hmm. so I was like okay that's 
It's a roguey thing to do. Yeah. No, that's uh it was a rock solid play. Gaspar actually has a higher athletics bonus than Hal or uh Wusha. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and one of the reasons I kind of like 5th is because I can take a fat dump on those stupid grapple rules and make them make sense turn by turn. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly would if I had a solid sense of what I wanted to do with them, I just didn't have anything in my pocket. And I'm not no, going to I'm not going to say fuck you to your guys' rules and then not have a solid set that I can pull on consistently. That's fine. We just rules grappled a little bit. I, I will. Pro- <laughs> I will probably I will probably go ahead and come up with some codified rules for grapple that I like and use those as a, a thing. But for now, uh, let's not worry about that. <laughs> Zach's going to make us all watch like. Just a ton of MMA videos. <laughs> oh my God. It, it was DJJ. I totally would, but mostly just for fun. Anyway, uh, I would like to thank Bree for this unfucking believably gorgeous map. It's beautiful. It's got it's some great shading so work from the branches. I like that. Good. It's so good. I absolutely love it. I also really want to thank Sam for this episode and likely the next episode for, again, I'm so sorry. It's over an hour 40. That's like, you know, we're trying not to do that. Combat heavy. Better. And combats are easy to cut, though. It's all just yeah. a bunch of bullshit between things. They're just usually long. Exactly. And honestly, again, uh, Michael, I really appreciate you being here and, and, and making the effort and, and doing your thing. And this is fucking rad. And I'm really curious to see how y'all handle this, because I'll tell you right now, the outcome to this is in no way planned. And it genuinely will come down to what makes the most sense and what happens in the rules. So Zach says that he appreciates me being here, but he's also got me... 80% dead in, yeah. in, in two turns. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Except not really. Uh, <laughs> after, after you've done that to all of my goddamn boss fights, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'll fucking live. And until I, until I finally kill Hal, uh, we wish you luck. Hey.